Guys, good morning. Welcome to Impact City. Everyone doing good today? Uh, if you're with the kids ministry with Sarah and Heather, uh, they're going to be dismissing right now. So birth to fifth grade. Uh, we'll see you guys around. Nice. Thank you for coming. Thank you for worshiping with us. Y'all brought some more energy to the room. Thank you so much. Um, we're a little cramped here today. I got to say that we added some more cherries in the, to the worship center in um, anticipation for the band and everyone coming. Uh, set apart. Thank you guys so much for coming and helping out. Come on. Give them a round of applause. Come on. You guys did amazing job. We were so excited. I just, I'm just like, let's just pray and go home. Like, I don't even, like why do y'all want to listen to me yell at you? Um, If you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. If you don't have a Bible, uh, John Carlos got some in the back. He's willing to give you guys one. That's our gift to you. Uh, You don't have to feel like you got to steal it. You don't have to, like, sneak into your purse. You don't have to, like, try to, like, hide it under your shirt. Like, no, that's your gift. That is all for you. They are free. And, uh, and so, and you're like, man, so that's your gift. There you go. There's your free Bibles. Also, if I get too boring for you, we have our connection cards. Uh, if you would, please uh, make sure you all got one of those. Fill it out. If you fill one out before, fill one out again. Um, and let us know if you make a decision or anything today, whether that is you want to surrender your life to Christ, you want to know more about the church, you want to know more about Jesus, uh, you want to get baptized, you want to start serving, you want to start tithing, whatever it is, you want to you know, take me out to lunch and, and, and talk to me about something, I'm willing to sit down and have you pay for my lunch, whatever it takes, um, we'll go ahead and do that. So y'all go ahead and, and make sure you fill one of those out. There's a worship folder back there as well. It's got plenty of information. And y'all make sure you get comfortable, and we're going to have a good time today. All right, everyone ready? Mark chapter 5? All right. We have been going through uh, the gospel of Mark verse by verse ever since the month of January. Um, that's kind of what we do here at Impact City. We go verse by verse through the Bible. Uh, we don't try not to skip around too often. And so right now we're in chapter 5. We've been um, going through this whole series, this whole idea that Jesus is greater than so many different things. That Jesus is greater than, uh, we talked about he is greater than evil. And that he is greater than, than the bad things in this world. He is better and greater and stronger than all of those things. Then we talked about this week, we're going to talk about how he is greater than, than sin. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 5, verse 21 again. Let's go ahead and read. It says that when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side. Now just, you know, backdrop, he's preaching around this, this big body of water. He's been preaching there. For a while, so that he's going to be jumping back and forth. So you're like, other side of what? Other side of the bed? Other side of the mountain? No, other side of the lake. So when Jesus had crossed again to the, within the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then he came on one of the, then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. His name was Jairus, which is by name. That's a really cool name. I gotta say that, Jairus. And it sounded like Siri or something like that. Like you would think like Apple or Microsoft. Anyway, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and alive. And Jesus, and he went with him, and Jesus went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. It means that they were all around Jesus. They were surrounding him. Now, the story of Jairus and the healing of his daughter is an awesome story. It's an amazing part of the scripture. It's one of my favorite stories. It's a great story. And I got to tell you, if you read this story, if you've you've ever heard the message preached on this story, it's going to change your life. It's going to be awesome. It's one of the best stories in the Bible. And unfortunately, we're not even talking about that one today. 
Um, unfortunately, it's just kind of the way the scriptures are laid out. We'll, we'll hit that up next week. Um, this is what we're talking about this week. Verse 24 again says, And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had, been, who had had this charge of blood for 12 years. Let that sink in. She had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately... And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt it in her body, and she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned around into the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And the disciples said to him, Do you see this crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around and he, to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and in trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, when I first read this story, when I first was reading this scripture and preparing for this sermon, I've heard this many times. I was like, okay, okay, this is about healing. This is about health. This is about uh, that, you know, Jesus is part of the, the scriptures probably say Jesus is greater than, than sickness. And listen, that's true. There's nothing wrong to say that Jesus wants us to have a uh, desire for us to have a very, very great health. And it's all over scripture. And, and, and God even cried out, uh, and he said things like this all the time throughout scripture. He said um, in Psalm 30, verse 2, he said, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me, O God. Exodus fifteen twenty six says, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and go and do that in which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. And then even Jesus said it in Matthew uh, ten eight. He said, heal the sick. He told the disciples, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out the demons. For you receive without paying, give without pay. He's telling us that to, to go out and to heal the sick, that, that Jesus actually is stronger than any sickness or illness or disease that we have. God wants us to be free of disease. Now, sometimes he will allow us to endure sickness. He will allow us to endure a disease. He will allow us to um, even succumb to the point of death, the sickness that we have. Like, why would God allow us to die in death? Well, to bring glory to his name. To bring glory to his name. When we suffer in the name of Jesus, we bring glory to his name. And so he will allow us, while he wants us to have health, he also wants his name to be made holy and recognized among everyone. And so he will allow us the struggles that we go through so that he can shine through those struggles. You know, that's not fair. Well, he's God. Everything that happens to those who believe in him happens for the good of those who love him. That's Romans eight twenty eight. For God causes all things for the good of those who love him according to the ones called to his purpose. 
And so he will allow us to go through struggles. He will allow us to go through sicknesses just so that he can be glorified. Not so that we can blame God for it. No, no, you don't understand. Everything that you have is good. The fact that we have salvation in our life is just a gift in and of itself. And that is what we rejoice in. Everything else is just nothing. And so um, th- there's a problem with, with certain, uh, uh, certain doctrines and certain things. And when, when we, we wrestle with this idea that God wants us to be healthy, He wants us to be wealthy, and He wants us to be successful. Y'all have heard that health, wealth, success type theology. And, and the problem with that is that when, when we feel like that's what we are entitled to, we, tell, we kind of push off God to the side and say, well, as long as I got that, you're good. But if I don't got that, you're not good. And so the problem with that is that we, see, we preach health, wealth, success, and then we get cancer, and then we lose our wife to leukemia or something like that, and then we say, forget you, God, you suck. Because you took that away from me. That, that's, not, that's not the entirety of the gospel. But that's a different storm, sermon for another day, so I'll, I'll get off of that. You see, the more and more that I read this story, the more and more I realized that it wasn't just about healing. It was about uh, a physical sickness as it was also about a spiritual sickness in our hearts, a spiritual sickness known as sin. Now, let me explain this. Ladies, um, you're going to kind of relate to this very well, and, and men, you're just, you're not going to get it at all. Um, so, she's bleeding for 12 years, bro. Ladies, your week is bad times 12 a year. Imagine 12 years straight. Bad, real bad. And so, we all know if this was a menstrual issue, guys are like, shuddering, or a UTI, urinary type thing going on there, uh, what type of disorder it was, but whatever it was, she was bleeding constantly for 12 years, and they didn't have, you know, like, you know, whatever y'all call those things that y'all use, and I'm really uncomfortable now, and so they didn't have any of that stuff back then, and so she is constantly going and going through all this cycle of bleeding and bleeding. This poor woman, can you just imagine how upset her husband was, and can you just imagine just the, 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 the mental, you, you girls know how crazy that gets you, and can you imagine just this, this strain on your head going on? And so the bad thing was that whenever she was on her cycle or her week, or as I call it, when Aunt Flo comes to visit once a month, whenever that happens, whenever that came around, she was made spiritually or ritually unclean and unworthy to be in church. Now, wouldn't you guys like to have a week off of church every once in a while when you're on that, you know? Like she was exempt from church. You know Why? Because all Jewish laws said that you are unclean, you're bleeding. That's just nasty right there. And you're impure. You're impure. And so what would happen was the woman, back in, you can read about it in Leviticus 15, uh, 25 through 27, it says that, that when the woman was on her, her, her week and when Aunt Flo was around, that she was literally cast aside. That, that the, the men would cast her aside and quarantine her into her house. And she wasn't allowed to touch anything. In fact, it said that if she laid on the bed, that bed, it was a separate bed that her man couldn't even lay on because that was an unclean bed now. That every chair, every piece of garment she wore, everything was made dirty and unclean. And, and henceforth, if anyone touched anything that she touched, they were unclean. And they had to go through this whole process of sacrificing and this whole ritual to be made clean again. They were very jacked up in their ways and the way they thought of things like that. And so while she was isolated by the men, nowadays the men just kind of isolate themselves now. And you see how it's flipped now? They're like, oh, Aunt Flo is here? I'm going to go like, to my man cave for a week. You know? 
And so she was made isolated and she was put kind of away from life. But this woman was put away from life for 12 years. She was made unclean for 12 years. She couldn't go to church. She couldn't be around people. She couldn't touch people. She couldn't even interact with people. She was considered unclean. She was pretty much like a leper or someone who had disease. No one would touch her. No one would talk to her. No one would even be around her. She desperately wanted Jesus to heal her, though. But in, in, in having him heal her, if she knew about Jesus, and having him heal her, that would mean that he would have to like lay hands on her, touch her, be around her. And she said, there's no way that a great man of God, a great priest, uh, uh, th- th- this rabbi would even come and even lay hands on me because then he'll be unclean. And so she kind of lost hope. And all too often we do the exact same thing. We have sin in our life that makes us feel unable to be around people. We think that we can't go to church because I've sinned this week, which is totally stupid. It's like saying, I can't go to the doctor because I'm sick. You know, you, you say, I can't go to church because I've sinned this week, and, and I don't want to be around people right now. I don't want people to see me because I'm, I'm dirty, I'm ugly. I, I did this this week. I did that this week. I've, I've messed up. We feel as though that people won't want to be around us. And what's even more jacked up is that we feel that Jesus won't even want to be around us. Because when we start sinning, have you guys ever had this? I know I didn't. I sin, and then I start reading my Bible, and I sin, and I, like, I, I stop wanting to even listen to worship music. Because I know if I do, I'm going to feel convicted. I do, I'm going to feel like I'm going to really feel the presence of God there. So I try to stay away from that because I don't want to be in my sin for a while. We do that. We sin, and we, we walk further away from God. We walk further away. We feel like we can't be around Jesus because we're sinning. And I just want to tell you, beloved church, that that is not the truth. That no matter how unclean or unworthy we may feel in our lives, uh, we are always welcome in, in the church of God. We're always welcome among people who love us. Now, whether or not the church makes you feel that way, that's their sin. But we should always be welcoming people around us who are sinning, who are struggling and going through things. God wants us to be around him. God wants us to be near him. Scripture tells us, Matthew 28, 11 says, Come to me, all who are weary, for I will give you rest. It says, if you're burdened, if you're just stressed out, come to me, I will give you rest. It doesn't say, come to me, or uh, go to the martini bar, everyone who is weary, and, 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 and I will give you rest there. It doesn't say, um, you know, let's go to this club and let's dance, and then that will give you rest. It says, come to me. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior, come to me and I will give you true rest. And that's what the woman did here. Check out verse 27. It says, And she had heard of the reports of Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touched even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt it in her body that she was healed of her disease. So she came to Jesus in the crowd. She came in the crowd. Now, I remember my first rock concert uh, here not too long ago. We, we saw a band called the Ivory Line, amazing band from Tyler, Texas. Uh, uh, kind of a punk rock emo style. really liked that screamo. And then we saw uh, a band called Disciple, which is just like awesome heavy metal. And then we saw a band that y'all might know called Thousand Foot Crutch. Now, this, these bands are all big bands, especially Thousand Foot Crutch. You might have seen them sing with Carrie Underwood a while back. Just amazing, huge rock star of a band. We saw them at uh, this small little church uh, right down the road, actually, in this room that wasn't too much bigger than this. And the place was packed. I mean, we were like packed in there like sardines. 
Now, if, if you're there and, and if you've seen a rock band, you know how awesome it is. And the first band came up, and we were kind of like, yeah, this is Corpus. We don't really do anything here. And so we're just kind of standing there. We're doing the Vatana, just kind of doing that, you know, getting into it. And so the, the second baptism disciple, we started like, yeah, getting into it like that, you know. And when Thousand Foot Crutch comes on, they have like this big intro and like flashing lights and smoke and everything. And we start jumping like that. We're getting pumped, right? And before you know it, they come up, they start rocking on the guitars and banging on the drums, and it's going off. And before you know it, we're mosh-pitting, man. There's someone getting crowd-surfed. I mean, it's awesome, man. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And this crowd was going crazy up inside that church. And this crowd was going, was going off. And I, remember, I remember this big guy was, uh, was crowd-surfing, and I had a bunch of middle school kids next to me, and I had Sarah right here. And I was like, okay, what do I do with this guy? Because he's coming this way. Do I let him fall on Sarah? Do I drop him on the kids? I totally dropped him on the middle school kids. And it was so funny because they couldn't hold him. Anyway, so he was, it, it was a crowded, crowded environment. Point is this, it was hard to walk in that environment. It was hard to even go anywhere. Every time you go, you were literally doing this. I mean, you had the, like, the smell of armpits and everyone just kind of like together. You know what I'm talking about in the crowd? You know? And so we were in that, that atmosphere, and it was crowded up like this. We couldn't walk. We were just kind of going. We were just kind of jumping like that. You know, it was like, it was awesome, right? But it was crowded there. And this is the, kind of the same crowd that followed Jesus. You got to understand that Jesus was healing people. Jesus was bringing people back from the dead. He was healing the blind. People wanted to get crazy around Jesus. They wanted to surround Jesus, and they were just like amazed by what he was doing. And so the crowd around Jesus was like that, packed, you know, really constricted into one little small area. It was like the Verizon, can you hear me now, commercial, where the guys had the whole like posse behind him. That was like the crowd going down to see Jesus. And through that crowd, this one lady who had been bleeding for 12 years in her weakness and in her disease, pushed through that crowd and touched Jesus. It's funny. The two different kind of people that always surround Jesus. You have the crowd type people that surround Jesus. These are the ones that they, they, they want to be around Jesus. These are the people who go to church all the time. They just want to be around Jesus. They might wear the Christian t-shirt every once in a while. They might, they might sound like a really cool and they throw like a scripture every once in a while into their conversation but they never really get to know Jesus. They never really dive deep into Jesus. And the fact is, they're not desperate enough to dive deep into Jesus. These are the ones that just want to be a fan of Jesus. And they never actually touch Jesus. Then we had the few of those who were like the woman who in her desperation pushed through, did whatever it took. She worked hard to get to Jesus. She said, I don't care what's going to hold me back. I don't care what's going to be between me and Jesus. I'm getting to Jesus. I don't care what stands in my way. I don't care that I am weak. I don't care that I am just like, just so drained. I don't care that I am just unable to walk most of the time, but I'm going to get to Jesus. And listen, if, if, if we want to get near to Jesus, we're going to have to fight against all things to get to Jesus. People say, well, I want, I want Jesus to, to, to heal me of my sin. I, 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 want to be, I want to get to know Jesus. I want, I want to be closer to Jesus, but you're not willing to empty out the alcohol bottles in your cabinet. People say, I want to get to know Jesus. I want to, I want to be around Jesus, bro, but you don't want to ever turn the computer off because you're addicted to porn. 
I want to get to know Jesus. I want to live. I want to be a good life. But you're not willing to tell someone all your dirty and nastiest secrets so they can hold you accountable. So when you screw up, they can say, hey, you're screwing up again, brother. I love you. Stop that. And you're not willing to do that. In essence, you, don't, you stay away from Jesus. And in short, if you're willing to do anything but follow Jesus, you really don't really love Jesus as much as you think you do. You don't. I'm not willing to go through the crowd, man. I, I love Jesus, but I'm not willing to totally surrender everything to him. Well, you really don't love Jesus that much. I'm not willing. To, I love Jesus, but I'm not, I, I can't let go of this addiction, man. I'm not willing to even try to seek help in this addiction. There's one thing to struggle, and there's one thing to habitually sin in that because you don't care. I, I really love Jesus, but you're not willing to break up with that person who is abusing you. You're not willing to break up with that person who's causing you to sin because you love them more than you love Jesus. And if that is you today, and you feel like I am just stepping on your toes, I praise God for that. Be, be, listen, I love Sarah, and I will go to the highest mountain. I'm not even physically fit, bro. Do you see this bonnet right here? I, I will go to the highest mountain. I will... I would repel off the deepest cliff just to get next to her and my kids. Why? Because I love them. And listen, I love Jesus more. And I would die for my family. I would die for my wife and kids. And I would die for my Savior Jesus because I love him. Now, if you don't, aren't willing to do that, then you really don't love Jesus. And you need to fix that today. We got to be willing to push through the crowds. We got to be willing to get rid of everything that's around us. We got to be willing to sacrifice everything for the one thing that is better than anything we've ever experienced before. Listen, and if that is you here today, this church is for you. Because we're not perfect, like Giancarlo said, I love it. We like to say we're a, a church led by imperfect people seeking out the hope and the loss of imperfect people. Well, no one's perfect, we're all struggling with something. But this is the place where we can be open and talk and love on each other and hold each other accountable. This is the place where we can slap someone in the back and say, hey, dude, you're, you're, you're screwing up, bro. Or, hey, girl, you really need to, you know, check yourself. And if they don't do it, that you were st- we're not going to say, like, that there. I don't even want you no more. We're going to still say, I want to love you and still come here. So many of us are in the crowd just waiting for Jesus, but there are a few of us that will actually go through the work of pushing through to get to Jesus and whatever happens. And what happens after that point? Check out verse 29. It says, And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt it in her body that she was healed from her disease. Immediately, immediately she was healed Immediately, he said that as soon as she, she touched the garment, as soon as she barely touched it, Jesus hadn't even acknowledged that she, had, that she was there yet. As soon as she touched the garment, she was healed. Immediately she was healed. But, but it wasn't just the work that got her healed. It wasn't just that. It was also this. Uh, look at uh, later on in verse 31. It says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go now in peace and be healed from your disease. Jesus doesn't require much of us when we come to him. Amen? He doesn't require us to fill out a a 10-page background report. He doesn't require us to do all this work. He just requires us to come to him. And he wants us, all of us, just to have the faith to do whatever it takes to get to him. He says that your faith has made you healed. Your faith in him has made you healed. Not what you did, not the work that you did, but do you have faith that when you do the work, he's going to be there to complete the job? Now, I'm going to end with this. 
is where are you in this story? Where are you in this story? Are you in the crowd? Are you part of the crowd that's just following Jesus and, and you like Jesus and you come to church every once in a while, but you're, you're not willing to do what it takes to get to Jesus? Are, are you in the crowd following Jesus? Are you just a fan of Jesus? Are you the few? Are you the desperate, the ones who are uh, suffering from sin, whether it was 12 years or 12 days or 12 minutes? Are you, are you desperate enough to seek Jesus today? Are you desperate enough to go through the crowd to get to him? Or maybe you're the church, and that's the story that, that that's the, the character that's not in the story, but maybe you're the church. See, it's our job as the church to welcome people into the church. It's our job as the church not to say to the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, you're undirty, get away from me. Go lock yourself up in a room. It's our job as the church to say, come, come. Rest. Let me love you. Are you afraid to reach out to the, the, the dirty and the sick? We are the church. That, that has our purpose. We are called the hands and feet of God for a reason. Listen, we all deal with sin. But if we have faith and if we reach out to Jesus, he is sure to show us how, that he is greater than sin. We got to be willing to do whatever it takes because he has done whatever it took for us. Jesus Christ knew that sin was so great in our lives. He knew that the void between us and him was so great that he had to do something radical to get to us. And so what God, seeing the separation between us and him, what God did was he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And when Jesus Christ came to this earth, he came perfect, blameless. Nothing, the kid didn't even steal a cookie from the cookie jar, for God's sakes. He didn't do that. He wasn't even doing anything wrong. And he grew up, and when he was about 30 years old, he started doing a little ministry, a little preaching, a little here and there. And it really kind of ticked off a bunch of people. And all these people saw him, and they got so mad at what he was saying, because he was saying, no, that woman who was bleeding for 12 years, we're going to heal her. We're going to reach out to her. And they're like, no, bro, she's dirty, man. He said, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love her. And so because he was so radical, and because there was a need for the sin to be cleansed from all of us, God said that I will sacrifice my son in order to pay for the sins of all of us. You see, back in the day, in order to pay for your sin, you literally had to, like, sacrifice a lamb. You had to sacrifice a couple of turtle doves. It was like this big, long process. Like, there was a shortage of lambs in the nation because everyone was killing lambs, but they were eating good. And so everyone was just, like, sacrificing all these animals. And it was this great, big process. And what God said was, like, in screw the process, what I'm going to do, I'm going to send my son down to die for you, and he will be the sacrificial lamb for everyone. His blood would be sufficient for everyone, not only today, but for the rest of the future. So we can have this hope that even though we sin, even though we have sin in our life, that God's Son died on the cross for us, that we can have everlasting life and be forgiven. See, Jesus is greater than our sin. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care the, the dirty things you've done. I don't care the, the malicious things you've done, the things that people might not even know about because you, it's legally not right to tell people or even do that. I don't even care about the personal sins you've done against your own self. Jesus is better than that, and he does not go away from you. If you reach out to him like the woman did, if you reach out to him, he is quick to turn around and say your sins are forgiven because of your faith question is, are you willing to reach out to him today?
day. Let's all pray. God, thank you so much for um, just this great crowd today. God, thank you for everyone here today. God, we know that no one is here by, by chance. God, I just pray that today that we would just be bold, that we would be willing to just let go of whatever it is that is holding us back from you. Jesus, that we would be bold enough to see you in the middle of the crowd, that we would push through that crowd, that we would be willing to push through and, and get past whatever it is that is holding us back from you. And Jesus, today, may we just worship you and love you. May we see the sacrifice you did for us, and we see that it's not in vain. And maybe that's you here today. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and you're thinking to yourself, man, I have messed up. I never thought that I was able to even go next to Jesus. But, but maybe this story, maybe the scripture is showing you differently. And if that is you here today, would you just pray this prayer? Would you just say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I have messed up. I have screwed up my life. I can't seem to get out of it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. But for right now, would you make the decision to follow Jesus now? And listen, listen, you, you might make the decision today, and you might mess up tomorrow. You might mess up as soon as you walk out this door, but guess what? If you've made that commitment, you are committed to Jesus, and you need to strive for that. Keep going. And we're here to help you as your church. If that is you today, you want to make that commitment, would you just let one of us know before you leave? Would you put it on a connection card? Say, I, sur- I, I committed to surrender my life to Jesus. Let us know so we can help you and go next to you and walk with you on this path. And Christians, maybe, maybe you've been here for a while, you've been going to church for a while, or maybe you, you, you haven't been in church a while and you just came back, whatever it is, and you want to recommit your life. You want to say, you know what, I, I've really not been doing my best. May you recommit your life today. May you, may you surrender to the power of Jesus and may you just recommit your life today. And say, I surrender, and I will do whatever it takes to follow you, Lord. And I will get rid of whatever it is in my life that is holding me back from loving you 100%. And church, may you pray that you would just be the church that loves everyone, regardless of their sins. To Christ's name, I humbly pray. All God's people said, amen. Let's worship one more time, guys.